namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa uttang dhammang sanghang namasami <clears throat> One of the things I uh, always kind of notice about monasteries I admire is one of this kind of sound of sweeping. Generally, there's some time in the day, often quite early in the morning, where we start sweeping up. Yeah, and uh, you hear the sound of brooms brushing brushing the stone floor, sweeping in here. Often it's vacuum cleaners now, but this whole time, like the bird song at dawn, the sudden sound of <laughs> the birds will start chirping. The monastery, get after the chanting, you get the sound that everybody starts sweeping. And it's just uh, it's a lovely, it's, there's kind of the rhythmic, methodical quality of it. It's, uh, and it's a kind of staple of, of monastic, Thing you know in monastic life is a sweeping up, and you have that sweeping up in the morning, then you sweep up after the meal, and then you sweep up your kuti, you sweep the your walking path, and then hopefully you eventually go into sweeping your mind, <laughs> yeah, you know, or perhaps all along that's what you're doing because it's a kind of theme, really. There's something you know we all human beings all kind of create some sense of order, don't we? We kind of, we like to have some sense of, you know, uh, clarity. This is where I am. This is in this place. That's that place. It's functional. You know, I know where everything is. And also things aren't getting stale and stagnant and uh, cluttered. Um, so you get the feeling of, because when you start to look at where you're living and it's clear and clean, it gives a brighter, cleaner feeling to the mind. You start to, you know, tune into your environment. That's part of it, is you're creating a situation which feels and speaks of attention and uh, clarity and creating space, not about creating clutter and, and uh, entanglements. Mm. Yeah. It's a good thing like sweeping a, a house or sweeping your hut, your kuti. It reminds you really that the, the building there is there basically as a shelter. The, the real thing about it is it has space in it. It's not about having, you know, china ducks flying on the wall and marquetry and knitted rugs and kind of doodads everywhere. But it's basically about having some space so you don't get rained on and you're free from intrusion. That's the point of having a residence. So when you, you clean it, you, you always get back to that bedrock of this is what it's about. You want to actually get rid of all as much of this clutter as possible so you can experience a sense of space. And then that's what comes back to you in your own mind. 
you know, because where you live starts to reflect your own mind states. You pick up the theme. There's something kind of light and clean about that. So it's very much a, an external factor and an internal factor. You, you pick up the sense of it, of that. Uh, and even the action of sweeping is, is a very nice way of just kind of being quite gently embodied. You know, you feel your body moving as you sweep things up. Obviously, we build things in monasteries and, you know, have events in monasteries. But the main thing is sweeping. Because <laughs> it isn't really about creating anything new or knocking things down, having some big thing. I mean, those are all part of it. The main thing is just maintaining the space and the recognition. And there's something about that because you recognize every day you clean it and every next day it's going to need cleaning again. So it's just like that. So it's kind of patient, you know, expecting it to never get dirty again. So that, and that quality of action, it to me, is very signature tune for the whole quality of the action of meditation. You just sweep it. You're not expecting it. You're not shocked at dirt. <laughs> How did it get here? It's just nature, you know. You clean it, and the next day it's going to be more dirt, and you clean it, and the next day more dirt, and you just clean it, until eventually you don't, you know, you're not obsessive about cleanliness or dirt. You know, you just, this is what you do. Uh, and that, that sense of the right feeling for the action. And it's so, it seems so, in, so, uh, so supportive. Some monasteries, you know, basically that's all you do. I was at a monastery. Was a very respected monk, Ajahn Ben. He was out in northeast Thailand. His monastery is on a kind of mountain. And you, in the morning, you meditate early and you sweep. You sweep the hall. And sweeping the hall is very nice because the hall is polished floor and use these brooms which are like, like fans, like feather fans. So it's this kind of subtle, gentle. They don't. Sweeping like stroking a cat, you know. In the afternoon, you sweep the mountain. You know, the mountain's got all the leaves fall off the trees. So every afternoon, all the monks get out with brooms. They sweep the whole mountain. <laughs> and the, you know, sweeping a mountain is more like brushing a horse. You know, it's quite a coarse thing. You know, you're using fairly, you're using sort of twigs and things like that. You brush the mountain. Good next day, of course, it's full of leaves again. You sweep it again. Next day, all the leaves come down, you sweep it again. There's no sense of ever getting it finished. Uh, and just, it's just the thing you do as a meditation. Uh, and different kinds of sweeping, sweeping styles, <laughs> kinds of brooms you get obsessed with, getting the breast broom, <laughs> or how vigorously you can do it. But eventually, you work through that, and eventually, it's just sweeping. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. recently I was out in the forest, Chittas Forest, the woodland. And then when you go out to a, one of the basic duties that you, you train yourself in, is you go out to places you sweep. You sweep around the area to make sure there's no dry wood that could cause a fire. You sweep around to make sure nothing is, uh, you know, seeds aren't landing, which will cause vegetation to grow up. And then you can have creatures coming into your kuti. 
sweep around it, you sweep out the gutters so that there aren't life doesn't start to form in the gutters otherwise they're going to get destroyed if you clean them so you clean it out before you clean, sweep around inside your coot you make sure there aren't insects living in there who then may be damaged by by your actions so you, you know there's a sense of concern for the environment that you, you undertake you do that every day you know it's part of what you do and it's uh, obviously you know it's not that much to do and something you think oh you know, meditate what's this kind of sweeping stuff you know, you know fussing around and yet it, it, it is just that ability to this you know this edge between the internal and the external you know we're not really doing a whole thing externally but we are in fact kind of just spreading our awareness through the realm around us and just carefully sweeping it checking it out looking after it you know, and it's not a big thing, it's a small area. And the rest of the forest, of course, is just wild. You know, and you don't, you don't, you're not trying to sweep the whole forest. And I guess everyone, you know, you know, you'll have houses and cars and things you like to, you want to clean them up. Um, and, but just getting that sense of the right, the right rhythm for it. You know. Then it's 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 is a sense of uh, clarity and, and a sense of happiness that comes with it, mm. and lightness and happiness. Oh yeah, that's better now. It's clean. Mm. Next day you do it again. Mm. So you, this is a very this is about the kind of action that is most um, you know useful in meditation. Occasionally you have to do a bit of real uprooting stuff but a lot of it is just carefully tidying up sorting things out putting things aside and if you notice you know a really good sweeper knows the nature of the surface so you don't scratch things with too thick too too soft too tight too tough a broom and you use a tough broom on the outside and a, a smooth light broom on the inside so you know the know what you're doing and it's even something about you, you know the, the sense of uh, being careful you don't damage creatures when you're sweeping up so it all adds up to a, a meditation careful meditation And uh, there are other, th you know, uh, of course you can get obsessive about it. I mean, when I was in, a young monk in, in a monastery where I was ordained in, I had a monk who used to clean his cootie with a toothbrush. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> That's just a tad obsessive, you know. <laughs> <It's got laughs> it wasn't that big a cootie, but using a toothbrush to clean your dwelling out, with, you know. There's a certain uh, uh, obsessive quality to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one time when I was at uh, when I was at Wat Wat Bar Pong, which is a, a you know mon main monastery in Thailand, a main foundational monastery in Thailand, which is a monastery, uh, and there the soil is almost pure sand. 
it's kind of compacted sand and the trees growing up through it. So the trees are always dropping their leaves on the, on the sandy soil, so you sweep it. And I was in there, okay, this is the big monastery, the impeccable standards, you know, everybody's really on top of the game, so you sweep. So I was sweeping away, swept this way, swept that way, swept all around my cootie, started sweeping this huge area, and eventually this monk came along, kind of gently, oh, excuse me, you know, venerable, I said, uh, you just, just, you know, can you just, just sweep a little bit, could you? Because all the dust you're sweeping up is blowing into the dining hall. <laughs> you know, it's kind of thrashing away. <laughs> so, you know, you can get into that obsessive, you start to see your own obsessions, either being, you know, extra fastidious, or you tell me you're going to sweep the whole planet clean of everything. Uh, you see your tendencies... Yeah, these obsessions, obsessive patterns come up. But then that's pretty much like you get an idea of when you get a sense of those patterns, you see, you know, how in meditation you can have this very gung-ho, knock every defilement for six attitude, or you can have this kind of over-delicate, well, I've got to make sure that this energy is exactly right, and you know, <laughs> toothbrush stuff. So just knowing the right measure, you know, what's really suitable and how how clean and how big an area you need. Of course the you know, the area that the Buddha recommended we should live in continually isn't a forest or a house or it's the four foundations of mindfulness. He said, This is your place, you live in these. You live in these. And this is the area you can keep cleaning, tidying up. So mindfulness, four foundations, mindfulness with regards to the body, mindfulness with regards to feelings and perceptions, mindfulness with regards to mind states, and mindful, mindfulness with regard to the, the, the dhammas, that is the factors that lead to enlightenment or to non-enlightenment, you know particular, um, so things like, in that case I mean things like either uh, hindrances or enlightenment factors. So you, you're mindful, and these are the four foundations. The Buddha said, you stay within this, this is your territory. If you go outside of this, you're in danger. Now, you know, that territory could be, of course, you know, externally, could be quite a large area or a small area. What can you be mindful of? What can you actually sustain mindfulness of? But essentially it's mindfulness in, in terms of your own body, your physical action, so you don't lose your sense of your body and what you're doing, which is quite common, you know. People just walking along, you can lose your body, just going into your head, ideas of where you're going, and you're already, you know, you, you can't sweep it until you've actually established yourself in it. Yeah? So, you know, you often just actually say you're just staying embodied, You've got to get in the territory first of all. Yeah. Which is how so and very commonly people do basically lose their bodily presence a lot of the time. You know, we just go out through sights, sounds, speech, ideas, projects, plans, you know, arguments, problems. And we say, okay, so just come back into into the body. 
and establish the foundation. The foundation of mindfulness is established basically through the um, center and the breathing axis. You might say this channel of breath energy that moves in and out through the body, the sense of presence, the soles of your feet, the palms of your hands, the sense of, you know, really sensing your own body. Establish it there. And then within that, you can experience these kind of tensions or restrictions or numb patches. You know, and you start to, oh, this needs to be clean, this needs to be swept, and breathing through it. Yeah. So mindfulness with regard to the body, you can, you know, and begin to sense, I'm quite tight, you know. Or I'm pretty scattered, you know, I'm hardly in it at all. Or there's all kinds of uh, places where you don't feel anything. You know, maybe your chest or your back, or your belly, or you've got a tight patch under your diaphragm is quite often a sign of, of some tension or around your throat. And you start feeling these areas and just breathing <coughs> through them. It does not blasting air through them, it just as you breathe in and out, bring your attention to these areas where you feel restricted or numb or agitated, pain, tension, just breathing and letting that quality of gentle breathing sweep through. Mm. Yeah. Even if you can't feel the breathing in your know, precise detail, it's just sense of it. You know, it's a soft broom. Soft broom. It doesn't have to be, you know, you're not cleaning a mountain, you're not sweeping a mountain. You just mm. yeah. And just recognizing, you know, using that as a as a place to establish yourself. Because every you know major mind state you experience has some bodily effect you know the really significant ones if you feel angry you tighten up you feel confused you get you lose yourself you feel frightened you tighten up you feel happy you feel expansive you feel confident loving you feel more expansive and bright you know when you feel relaxed you know what that feels like they're all got bodily equivalents so that's what you look for and you're looking for the ones that give you the sense of relief, happiness, and ease. And you look also for the ones that are, you know, taking you away from that. And, you know, the big problem for people is often we, we feel some problem and we go into our heads and we say it's because of this and that and she did this and you never do that and they always do this and he never told me that and so answer, so answer, so answer. And yeah, that could be true, but that isn't a, you can't sweep from there. You know, you just you just go into more and more proliferation. You know, it may have some truth in it. It's one way of looking at it. But when you're looking at cleaning, you say, this feels <coughs> flustering, <coughs> defensive, prickly, tightened. And just, oof, you know breathe through that and then from that place you start to look at the problem again and think okay yeah you start to see it in perspective because you've actually calmed down the passion or the the constriction in your heart that's occurring with it and you can just look at the topic more clearly say okay that was a mistake tomorrow do it better no problem this is the thing I've been missing out this is, I'll do that. You can just see it clearly. 
You know, so that's the point of sweeping. It takes all the congestion out, and then the, you know, the topic can be seen much more clearly. Oh, okay. And you know, there's things you can do something about, and there's some things you not you can't do anything about. You just say, okay, well, we'll just sweep around that. <laughs> yeah. That's the first net. And in this, the forest tradition is very much a kind of body, earth kind of thing. You know, a lot of it's just physical stuff. I think that's, for me, that's very helpful because it, it's taken me years to get into my body. You know, the head, easy going to my head, just to come back into feeling my feet on the ground as I walk along is, you know, to me, that's, that's an attainment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. So when I walk from my cootie to the house, I just walk and I walk along. Whatever I got to do in the house, I walk along and I feel my feet as I walk along. I don't run and walk along, not because I'm trying to be slow, just because I want to feel every step of the way keeps me grounded, keeps me centered in my body. And I'm stopping the hurricanes building up in my mind. Just by that, here we are, here we are, here we are, plod, 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 plod. We'll get there when we get there. You know, you know that's meditation. It's not, you know, that's the meditation you can do kind of every, every day. You know, that's why it's, it's really helpful, you know, just to, Use the body in that way, as a, as a meditation, um, anchoring. Because the mind, you know, the big problem with human beings, you have this incredibly powerful, multifaceted mind that can scoop the other side of the universe and back in half a second. And you know, it's like, well, don't get behind the wheel of that thing. You can't even tell you how to drive, you know. <laughs> most people just jump in the driver's seat. <laughs> bang on the throttle and so <laughs> You know, knowing how to drive is how to stay within the four foundations of mindfulness. And these human minds are very, very powerful things. And then you look at, you know, so centering yourself in your body. Then, then you start to sort of breathe in and out through that. And you look at where you get obsessed and what that's about. Now, you know, I don't know about you. I say I own up to you know obsessive tendencies, and you can probably <laughs> tell me what they are. <laughs> yeah, I know it's on retreat. I start to get kind of kind of want to sort lots of things out, you know. And uh, but uh, I wouldn't say I'm. You know, there's a thing called obsessive compulsive disorders that people have these days. Before you come into them, you knock three times on the door, put your shoes in a certain place, come in, open the door a certain degree, sit down at a particular chair, sort out all the cutlery on the table, you know, make sure that exactly, exactly the same food is off is the same time every day and it weighs exactly the same amount, this kind of thing. You know, and that's tidy, isn't it? But, you know, oof, what's happening? And you recognize that for most this situation, this kind of 
This all is really about insecurity. That is when a person can't find their own centre. You have to find it by by having the environment around you super controlled. Because you can't find your inner ground. So you have to make the ground around you something that provides you with that sense of security or or, or strengthening. So you get that kind of notice and, and... uh, I think most people would say that when you're under pressure you start to do things like you stroke your hair and go, yeah, right, well, I'll sort that out later or you come out with apologetic, meaningless garble ga- uh, or you start stroking your clothes, you know. What are you doing, you know? Saying, yeah, well, I'll, 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 I'll. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you're looking for security. It's a reflex that we do. You know, some people do. You're under pressure. It's you know particular things we do repeatedly because it gives us a sense of something there. You know we're in a we're in a jam we're in a flummox. We look for something that's steady, repetitive, gives us a sense of security. And uh, most people will operate in that way when they're feeling confused or lost or under pressure. Yeah. So, we, but then you see that, and quite a lot of activity is about doing things to make one feel okay. You know, the same routines, the same meal on the same day, the same thing every week. You know, to get up a feeling of I know where I am. Yeah. But it doesn't actually provide this real deep sense of relief and ease that that comes through centering yourself in your own body. Which means that you don't have to have life around you exactly manicured. You you can find your centre here and then you can start to sweep around you in a much more conscientious and less compulsive way. It's what's really suitable and helpful. center of the our feelings and impressions perceptions you look at what's the center of the mind that's the center of the body is breathing center of the mind um, conscience and concern compassion you might say center of the mind is an activity you know so that when we come into, like you want to center yourself, you think, what's really important? What's really valuable? What will leave me with no regrets? You know, what's the, maybe sometimes it's not doing something. Just, oop, just stop saying, don't say that. Oop. You know. Sometimes it's a sense of making a gesture, something a big thing, a small thing. But the real centre of the of the mind as an activity is conscience and concern, ethical sensitivity, compassion. Yeah. Because from there it means from there we can we're relating to the world in a suitable way. If we're relating to the world from the point of view of this is what I want, this is what I'm gonna get, this is what I'm doing, this is my trip, you know, that's gonna cause suffering and stress, isn't it? We're relating to the world from a place of you know, non-abuse, respect, empathy, c- compassion, 
how's that with you? That's the clear, clean way to be relating, isn't it? Yeah. So that's kind of like so when you when you meditate, first of all you come into that center in your body, the center in your mind, you start to reflect on is there anything here that's causing me some regret in my actions? Anything I've said or done? Okay, that wasn't so good. Let's just clean that out and start again. So you're learning. You're not expecting to be totally pure, but you're learning the bits that can cause you snagging or regretting and saying, okay, why did, I, why did that happen? Let's, or just since that's happened, that wasn't so good. Start again. That's sweeping it. That's cleaning it out. Cleaning it, cleaning it. So that you begin to see where you get squeezed and where you get reactive. So it takes you deeper. Hmm? So this is a kind of the way that we meditate. Finding the body, breathing in and out, steadying, finding your own body, then finding your own sense of conscience, concern, compassion, forgiveness, you know, for others or, you know, things I'm feeling a bit fed up with him or her. Okay, well, let's just look at that again and, yeah, right. Why be small-minded? Let's be given space, you know, some sense of compassion towards self and others. And that these things start to clean. So, you know, when you when we meditate, it, a lot of it to me is just going through this duty. You might say duty is not a nice word, but something that you do. When you, you, so, when I'm doing a retreat, very often that that is an initial process. Maybe half a day, maybe three days, depending how much stuff needs to be cleaned out. You know? And then, to, then with that, you get the sense of as the as things get cleared, you get the feeling of happiness, and that's the sign you pick up for meditation. You pick up the sense of the happiness comes from the absence of regret, the absence of restrictions, not from the adding something to, but from removing that which obstructs. So it's the the happiness of relief. And that's the happiness that you tune into for Dhamma practice. Feel that and you start to breathe that, tune into that through your body and through your mind. Mm. And the, this is how these uh, uh, spiritual faculties start to develop, like concentration or samadhi develops around the, the experience of this, this steady happiness. Yeah. So it isn't a matter of me jumping in there, cracking out the 15 hours of meditation and you know, getting on top of it all. It's a matter of that careful, steady process. You know. and, and that, I think it's very reliable. It makes the whole meditation practice something that's kind of sane and livable. It's not a Olympic quest. <laughs> And then you, you learn a lot, and you learn when you, you come out, you learn the kind of um, the patience and the calm and the repetitive again and again and try again. And next day it's going to need some sweeping, so again and again. And next day, you know, it's going to need sweeping again, so 
and do it again and again and again and again. So you just like doing it, you know. You're not kind of, oh, I've got to get this thing all tidy and clean. and uh, it's, just, it's just a pleasant kind of um, practice in its own right. You know, the Buddha's uh, primary insight, you know, is that the, the suffering and stress we experience is not uh, innate, not natural. It's, it's quite normal for us, but it's not natural. You know, the big thing about it was that uh, the Buddha's insight wasn't something we have to add something to our minds, you know, paint it up, build new building project, create something, but it's really just the relief and the release from that which obstructs. And then you, you begin to, the joy that comes from recognizing, as you might like, does something like a kind of intrinsic you know, purity or, or spaciousness or clarity or openness that's revealed through a process rather than something you kind of build up brick at a time, you know, until the whole edifice, which you've carefully kind of built up and then you've got to take it out into the world and it all kind of falls apart again. <laughs> Ideally, you know, you're not constructing anything because when you don't construct anything, it can't fall apart. Hmm? So when you just clear away the constructions, that's the point, what you're left with. And this is, so this is the practice of sweeping. So often this for your reflection tonight.